such a life that, that to live to please God, number one, amen, and to love humanity. Now, the Lord says the first commandment is equal to the second one. You understand when you love God, you love his people. When you love God, you love humanity. When you love God, you serve humanity. You're not here for you. You died when you got saved. Amen. So there's a new you that lives every day. And that new you is a you that has purpose, meaning. For once in your life, you have meaning. Amen. You have a purpose. You have something, I would say, important to do. We're all seeking importance. And so... You know, once you start serving God, you have something important to do. Amen. Because God is important. And it's it's he who makes the difference in everything that you do. So don't ever forget that. And and understand the times that we live in. Because God wants us to be timely in the way that we live our lives. He wants us to be reflective on what our purpose is. The last instructions Jesus left to the church was to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So God wants everybody to hear the gospel. And that's our continued purpose in life. Uh, it's And I'm embarrassed myself that I don't ask God more often to give me opportunities to share with people. But But he's helping us. To remember who we are. Amen. We have the power of God in us to make a difference in so many lives. Uh, It's really a shame. Sometimes the devil works overtime to keep the church uh, bound and, and missing God and all of that. But as many times as you miss him, repent and get up and say, God, I'm right back in the race again. Amen. Uh, don't ever count me out, God, God, because I'm right back in the race. I think about some people who whose uh, fighting careers were resurrected by the power of God. Remember George Foreman? He was a, an Olympic boxer in his youth, and then he was a heavyweight champion of the world and went down to, I think it was maybe one defeat, and then retired. And then later on in his 40s, he came back and, and challenged the current challengers at that time. It's unheard of. And he gives all glory and all credit to God. He said God is the one that gave him the strength to get back in there. And so God put him where he was. Amen. It's amazing. <clears throat> His name recognition went, uh, con- continued and he was able to make billions of dollars. Still making money off the George Foreman Grill. Remember that? Most of us bought them, and we don't even know why we bought them. We just had to have one sitting up in boxes. I, I get, you can go on eBay now and see brand new in box, George Foreman Grill. I said, there's somebody else that thought they could cook, found out they couldn't. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but it's just that way. When God blesses you, he blesses you. Amen? So it's a good thing to understand that God is reviving his people the people that, that we've known over the years that used to be on fire for God, the fire's gone out. He wants those people back again. Amen. Amen. And uh, you just pray. You're not the retrieval system. Don't you go somewhere and go sitting out with, with sinners and people that's backslid. 
because they got something you don't want. Amen. So you, you have something they want. So continue to pray for them. We pray for the backsliders and, and prodigals all the time because God is going to draft people back into the army of the Lord. Amen. He's not done with people yet. So that's why it's good for us not to be done with them as far as our expectation is concerned. Amen. And so be one who expects and, and when people repent and come back to God, you, you know, you embrace them and welcome them and encourage them. But you keep running on your race. Amen. You keep running at your pace and running your race. So if everybody has a book, anybody not have a book, get a fresh book from Chuck. I had to get another one because I don't know what I did with my autographed copy. Amen. Probably gave it to somebody. I'm always, you know, how that goes. But if we start on page seven, end times are exciting times. Amen. These are not doom and gloom times. These are times of excitement and times of refreshing in the Lord. Amen. God wants us to be refreshed in the things of God. He wants us to be um, uh, well-versed in what's to be done. He wants us to be able... Oh, okay. He wants us to be able to be versed in things pertaining to the Spirit. Which does not mean you go on Facebook and make stuff up. That place is full of people making stuff up. Now we don't need any more makeups on there. We need reality on there. And you know what I always say to people, if Facebook is your only audience, then you need to sit down. Huh? Because when God called people, he called them to congregations before he called them to social media. Amen. If you're a pastor, you need to have a flock somewhere that's waiting on you every Sunday and in midweek, if that's what y'all do. And uh, you take care of them like that. But And if you have anything extra, you can sow that into social media because people need to hear the word all the time. But that shouldn't, Facebook should not be your only audience. So the end times are exciting times. Amen. So the writer says here, I believe that in this time that we're living in, God is going to do more and we are going to do less. And that's that really quickened me in my heart because I thought to myself, boy, if that's not good news. I mean, it's so encouraging to know That when we've sown seed, like over the years, we've sown seed in the hard places, amen? We've had to break up fallow ground. We've had to uh, uh, wait and wait patiently, some of us more patiently than others. We've had to encourage each other when when we wanted to quit and exhort one another and all of that kind of stuff. We've, we've had some stuff happen, folks. We've had some difficult times. And so according to the writer and according to Amos 9.13, God is going to take a double our reward for the same amount of effort or he's going to decrease the amount of effort that we have to put forth to see change come. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I can see it happening all around us. I know for years we've prayed about 
uh, complacency in our government and the fact that, you know, we send people to Congress over and over and over again every election. They spend billions of dollars to get their message out and they go to Washington and do nothing. Amen. It's the same old, same old. And then they come up with, well, you know, if we get the House, we can do this. And if we get the Senate, we can do that. And if we can get the presidency, we can do that. And so you give them all three and they still do nothing. And so then you find out, you know, now if you're a conspiracy theorist, you might believe certain things. But there is a global uh, government. It started with the United Nations. And so when you give people global authority, you don't know what they're doing with it. And so it appears that the globalist needs were put before the individual nation's needs. That's why you see so many people disgruntled and so many people angry and so many people unable to find contentment with their government. And so what God wants to do is get people under his government. Amen. Get, he's gotten people disturbed enough at natural abilities to now want supernatural abilities. People want the Lord. And so that's part of God's plan for us is to get us so dissatisfied with the status quo that we cry out for living water. We cry out for the living God. And so God is wanting to make this uh, harvest easier for us than it has ever been before easier not harder easier and so when it's it's going to be hard for the devil and his people amen it's going to be harder if you look at how we used to pray remember on the the abortion prayer uh that god would shut down planned parenthood you know change roe versus way you know cast that down now we're seeing movement in that area like we never have before but in order for that to happen, the devil had to come out and start exposing how evil he really was. And then people started looking and say, is this what people are doing? Is this what they plan? Is this? Huh? And so <clears throat> when we see that exposure, nobody exposes the devil but God, folks. God exposes. The devil does not expose himself. He works in darkness. He works in deception. He works behind the scenes. He's much happier making you think it's your husband or your wife or your pastor or your friends who's your problem rather than knowing that he's the one that's behind the whole thing. He'd rather keep us wrestling against flesh and blood than telling him where to go. And so if he can keep us deceived and operating behind the scenes, then he can get a lot done. But he don't do too good when he's exposed. And so now he's fighting exposed and he he can't hide and he can't deceive people anymore. One by one by one, surely people are coming to their senses and coming to a reality. Amen. That there's been a big conspiracy here to keep people oppressed to keep them uh, dependent on government and to keep, you know, I remember years ago I heard Ronald Reagan give a speech and he said, he said, um, government is not there to solve problems. Government is the problem. And I thought, why would he say something like that? I mean, he's part of the government, but he was smarter than we were. Huh? 
he also made a statement. He said, we will not lose as long as we don't give up on God. Amen. And so he was very bold in his Christianity. He didn't care what people thought. And so, you know, when we find people who are bold and confident like that, we need to support them. Amen. You know, if you don't agree with everything, at least keep your mouth shut. You don't join the chorus of the of the enemy uh, working against them. You know, if you're not for us, if you're not against us, you're for us. Amen. And so if you're for something, you speak in agreement with it and not try to tear it down. And so when 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 we think about the end times, we think about a wrapping up of business down here on earth where God is wrapping up his business down here on earth. He's ready to start moving people out of here so that he can restore the earth. He can bring a new heaven and a new earth to bear down here uh, in this place that we call earth right now, or we call the world right now. Uh, this is going to go up in smoke. So in case you're trying to save stuff from here, don't bother. It won't be here. You know, it, you know, you might be able to send a few. It's kind of funny if you try to even, uh, give your children your automobile in a wheel, in a will. It'll deteriorate faster sitting around waiting for the courts to sign the paperwork so you can give it over to them. Amen. So you might as well drive your stuff while you're here. You understand what I'm saying? It's gonna give it to them, let them have it while you're living so they can get some use out of it. But this stuff will not be here one day. It's gonna all be destroyed. God will bring a new heaven and a new earth into being for the righteous. Amen. Won't be like it used to be. We won't have to share space with the devil anymore. It'll all be for God's people to his glory. Amen. So the writer says here, we are being trained for something we've never seen before, something we have never done before. And isn't that good news that we have something unseen, unknown, unplanned to look forward to? This will be a new thing. God says, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? And so when God does a new thing, everybody will know it's new. When Jesus came to the earth and he did his ministry, the people that looked at him said, we never saw it like this before. We never saw it on this fashion before. Amen. So he came with a new expression of God's will, a new expression of God's love. He came setting people free that people used to shun. He came imparting knowledge and wisdom to people that used to be of, of no account as far as their, their little society that they lived in was concerned. Among the religious people, you know, it's always the bishops, the schmishops, and the, you know, them collar people. You know, nothing wrong with a collar. Unless it don't fit you. Amen. I don't wear one because they don't fit me. Huh? Well, you get it. I got to move on, okay? Whatever. But uh, they don't fit me because God didn't tell me to put one on, all right? Exhale, everybody. But, uh, you know, people that always work on the outer trappings, tend to rely on outer trappings it's just a human thing uh 
I remember speaking with somebody years ago when we, we had the ministry and they had traveled with us. This person was a minister and they came to me after a meeting. He said, you know, God, I think God told me, uh, that, that he wants to teach me some things about ministry and you're the one to teach me. I said, oh, oh, praise God. Next thing I know, he didn't come no more and he had a collar on. I said, oh, the collar people got him. Huh? I mean, that is so typical. And I've watched over the years, oftentimes the minute people find out, like when you're called, the first thing you want to know is how am I going to be trained? If if you got any sense, you'll ask. Now, there's some people out there don't feel they need no training. Stay away from them. Because if they don't, you know, your pet needs to be trained. Or he'll poop where he eats. Amen. So... Come on now. Everybody needs some schooling of some type. But in, and if nothing else, you need the discipline of being a part of a body of believers. You understand what I'm saying? So you expect it somewhere. You show up somewhere. And you, you, you know, you grow thereby. You get planted somewhere. But, you know, when, when you find out where, that's when the enemy comes in to deceive you and say, no, not there. Huh? When men have a funny thing about submitting to women as far as ministry is concerned. They don't like it. They always want to get up and tell you what to do. Huh? I say I was married for how many were thirty years, something like that. My husband didn't get up in the pulpit and tell me how to run things. Huh? I don't remember man hiring me to do nothing in God's kingdom. Amen. But the enemy, as soon as you get it unveiled to you and you start getting the pathway made clear, straight, and plain, then the devil comes with a U-turn and say, no, you go over here. Because, see, she ain't going to give you no collar to wear. I'll give you that. I will say, I thought she was unshackled. Here you come. You want to want to be bound again. Collar is for pets. So God is going to do and is doing now the exceeding abundantly phase. Amen. I know we've all stood on that word from time to time, that scripture. I know I always use it when I want to know the right purchase to make and all of that, that God will do exceeding abundantly beyond all I ask or think. And I I always look for that in the in the response or or the return or the uh, answer to the prayer that I'm getting I look for that as his calling card and his trademark so I'll know that I had the right thing in God I prayed the right way and God is has answered that prayer it's good to know amen it's very good to know and so when when we think about how God is going to minister in this end times Ephesians 3:20 to 21 is something we need to keep in mind. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So you must believe the power that works in you is faith that works by love. Amen? So believers have to walk in love, or we're ineffective down here. Amen. If we walk in anything other than love, we join forces with the enemy. 
You give the enemy permission to get involved in things. And he's a thief, so you won't get exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. But if you would dare to walk in love and dare to walk in the spirit, dare to walk with God, then God will show you that his word comes to pass. Why? Because there's no law against righteousness. There's no law against love. There is no law against the law of faith. So whenever you move in faith that works by love, then you can receive and expect to receive exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you're not receiving that, then you need to go to God and ask him to help you to get over in that realm where that's available to you. That should be available to all of us at all times. If the enemy's always taking a bite out of something of yours, then you need to go to God and see, I'm not one of these people that has a checklist that you go down yourself. You talk to God about where and nip that thing in the bud. Sometimes all we need to do is continue doing what we're doing. Amen. But then there are times when certain adjustments need to be made. Sometimes you might find out if you just step back and look and you say, you know what? My confession has slipped. You know what? I have been not as enthusiastic about this as I should be. I haven't really prayed. I haven't really been in my word. Need I go on? Huh? So is that locate everybody? So there's always a more we can do. There's always an add to we can add to so that we can make sure we're standing in the proper position so that we can be there when God brings that answer. We can expect exceeding abundantly. If you allow the devil to hinder your thoughts all the time and keep you and thinking about all the stuff you missed and all you didn't do and who did you wrong and who didn't do this and all that, you're gonna, it pulls against your faith. Now people think you can let any kind of weird thoughts run through your mind 24-7 and still get the results of God. You have the mind of Christ. You need to step into it and learn how to use it. Amen. And let it, let it be your guide. Let, let peace be your umpire. And so there all, is always more that we can do. And it's not, don't ask God what you're doing wrong. Cause that, you automatically condemn yourself. Amen. You need to ask him because he's not going to tell you that, but he will tell you what you need to do. Amen. He's not going to say, well, you did this wrong. That's not God talking. That's your crazy head. Huh? So quit listening to he, he died to bring you out of that mindset. God always gives you a chance to correct. He always gives you a chance to repent. He always, you're never out of the race where God is concerned. And see, the body of Christ is going to have to know that for end times more than we've ever known it. Amen. The Bible says that we will uh, uh, fall on the sword and get right up. It won't hurt us. So you'll get wounded by your thoughts and your words and you get right up and it won't hurt you. You won't even know you've had a wound there. Why? Because the love of God will keep propelling you forward. It'll keep compelling you to keep going forward. This will be a nonstop army. And if we're going to be like that, we got to know God's love. We're going to know we're loved and we got to be quick to forgive and quick to repent. Can't go around here. I look at some of these people talking about, well, I got hurt in church. You're not even a part of nothing. You know what I'm saying? If that's the way your mind is, you got to start all over again. Get saved for real this time. Amen. You, you can go back to the altar again. 
you know, get saved for real this time and so you can come out with something uh, that, that God can help you to use. You'll understand who you are a lot better. So Christ, <clears throat> so to do exceeding abundantly according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. So God is doing this in all generations. There is nonstop glory of God. There is nonstop goodness of God. So we need to accept the fact that we are Ephesians 3 people, 320 people, amen. We're the Ephesians 320ers, amen. This means that he is going to do exceeding and abundantly above all we could ever ask for or think, but it is according to what we think and believe. Amen. According to, so you set your own table. You write your own ticket. Why are you complaining about what hasn't been given to you yet when you have the power to write it yourself? Amen. If you quit writing bad checks with your mouth and start writing good ones, you can cash something in. Amen. You can cash something in. And I got news for you. The little pocket change faith we used to use to get everything we that ain't working no more. Amen. They put a new, what are those, uh, uh, sensors they put in the gumball machines? They took the old sensors out and put new ones in. Your little pocket change don't work no more to get everything you want. God does not want his children having just enough. Because we get more selfish. If we have just enough, is who we going to take care of first. We're going to take care of us first. So that's why he gives us abundance so that we can have more to do the work he wants us to work. He knows we're not going to do a whole lot if we don't have much. So that's why he promises abundance. Amen. He doesn't promise you just enough for what you need. He promised exceeding and abundantly. In other words, he wants to mess your head up with his goodness. He wants to blow your mind with his goodness. He wants to cause you to never want to go back to the world again with his goodness. Amen. And and feel bad if you don't get up and ask God, what does he want you to do today? That's the way he wants us to live. If we go a day without addressing God, without worshiping him, spending time with him. He wants us to not have a good day because your good day is because of him. And the only way he can bless us is if we have continual contact with him. Now, if you got blessed anyway and you've been raggedy, it's because he has mercy on you. But now you know better. Amen. So now we're going to do better. Amen. So on page nine. We start talking about our calling. Well, who is us? What is this hour that the writer's talking about? Everybody in the church. Everybody who claims the name of Jesus. Everybody who's born again. Everybody saved. Everybody who's under the sound of my voice. We are end time warriors called to set captives free. Not to be captives ourselves. Amen. You can't free people up from what you haven't been freed up from, man. You know, we don't need people coming, patting you up and sympathizing with you. We need people of power 
who can set captives free. When you hear people talk about their difficulties, what should run through your mind is a scripture that takes care of that situation. And you shouldn't be afraid to minister that truth to people because that's what the truth is. Amen. And so God has called us to minister to people, not try to uh, um, keep them where they're at and pacify them. Not, not, not to keep them in the status quo or living beneath where God wants them to live. He's called us to set them free to live in the freedom that God has purchased for them. Amen. So that's our calling. So Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth And deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise over you. So you don't care about darkness. And just because it's, it's difficult out here, so people say, or there's trouble afoot, so people say, or, you know, I'll see people making little notes about things and, and, uh, talking about how hard it is and this is tough and that's tough. That's because they don't have victory in mind. They're just reporting things. Amen. They need to go work for CNN or something, you know, with all their gloom and doom. So end time warriors are called to set captives free, be a light in the dark place and to never allow the flame to go out. Now, people say things, but see, Pastor Barb, you know, everybody say down days. I'm not claiming any down days. I'm claiming the word of God. It says my light will shine even in darkness. Amen. Gross darkness covers. What could be more gross dark? Abortion is the leading killer of, of people. It's never been listed in the statistics before because people considered it not killing But now that they're telling the truth about it, that's the leading cause of death in this nation. Leading cause. It's an abomination. But see, God is waking up the eyes of many people to this. And see, once your eyes are opened, they can never be shut again. Never. Never, never, never. And so you can pretend you didn't find out, but in your heart, you know what's right and what's wrong. And so once you've been enlightened, that's the light of God on the inside of you. Let that light shine. Don't ever put that light out because God needs that light in the earth to light the path of those who are in darkness. So we are not to allow that flame to go out. Don't ever let your flame go out, even if you feel bad. Amen. Faith people do not live by feelings. We live by faith. Faith is beyond feelings. Faith is exceeding and abundantly above what we ask or think or feel. It's above our natural senses. So faith can put you in a place where you only believe God. If there's a scripture to believe, believe it. If there's a word to declare, declare it. If there's a promise to be had, claim it. Because God wants to do exceeding and abundantly. God is just beyond. Amen. Whatever, you know, sometimes you get to, I used to watch this, uh, this, there's a woman, I see her sometimes on, 
uh, Food Network. She's kind of a, a unique kind of person. She said, this is beyond, you know, that's her. And you fill in the blank. Amen. So that's what God is. He's beyond. Amen. And you fill in the blank. And so in, you can't, you cannot express who he is. Even if you go back to the Old Testament, they said that was God, their expression for God. Amen. You just didn't speak his name. You were awestruck at, at the, the thought of God. And so when we think about these things and how, how, you know, and then bring that into the, today's uh, place where people are so familiar with God, you know, and they always, every now, I guess it's the end thing. They have pet names for God instead of calling him father. You know, my Bible says that if, if, if I'm to pray this way, our father who art in heaven amen and to worship him now if you're calling him abba like that's some pet name of somebody you can go you're wrong that's right. i don't care if it is you say well that's he you know that, that, that that's the hebrew name or what i don't care what you call it your attitude about him is too familiar to me amen you're treating him like he's some pal of yours and he's not the father of all humanity amen so when i go to him i'm going to father thank you worship you praise you and not try to put myself in some special category because i found a hebrew name for him you know what i'm saying people crazy you know you keep hanging around crazy people you're gonna be crazy just like them amen get yourself free just go get your bible in you a corner by yourself amen I heard, uh, who was it? Andre Crouch, I think. I saw one of his, uh, a video of him being interviewed by somebody and he was saying that, uh, uh, he used, he said, oh yeah, you know, he said, uh, you know, in the whatever denomination they are, what are they anyway? The Pentecostal Kojic church. And he said, uh, you know, we would close out a meeting. They call up. Uh, somebody, you know, all these deacons and all them prelates sitting up there and all them people sitting up there and they call somebody close the meeting out. He said, and, and we'd be sitting up there looking for somebody to say, oh, most graciously, heavenly father, be real deep. He said, and we would just sit up there. Sometimes people would just go up there and recite the Lord's prayer. And we would think, there ain't nothing deep about that. He don't know how to pray. And he said, and one day God got me while I was thinking like that. And he said, you come here, I'm going to show you what's in this prayer. And so he started teaching him the Lord's Prayer. Instead of, you know, cheating it, treating us like it's cheap, that's the word of God. Amen? Amen? If Catholics do anything right, they pray that one. They throw you on that rosary when you're bad, and you got to pray that one. Amen? And so if you think about it, God's word can take us into places that we have never been before if we will respect that word, you see? And so you don't never need to get so far out and familiar with God that you forget the Lord's prayer because it has everything in it that you need. It starts out saying, hallowed, holy be your name, not casual, not throw it around like you, you own it. But let his name be holy to you. Amen. Reverence that name. Reverence him. 
And so when we understand how we're to deal with things, I think we'll be a lot more successful at staying close to God and staying with him. Always have high respect for God. Don't ever try to find some fake name for him you could throw around and get into casual bunch. You know, you want to be known to be in that bunch of people. Forget that kind of stuff. You don't know what them people are doing anyway. You need to try and get as close to God yourself as you can. So stay with what the word tells you. Amen. Don't ever let your flame grow out, even if you feel bad. Don't let it go out because there's someone who needs whatever little flicker of light we think we have. Amen. That's always something we need to remember. That that if you don't feel that you have much to offer, you do. Because God says you do. You've got a testimony. He's done something. He's revolutionized your life. Amen. And the whole story about your life hasn't been told yet. And so if you're looking at your life in a critical manner, quit it. Because God says you are light in darkness. He has given you a lamp that will not go out. He's given you an eternal flame that will never go out. Someone once said that a bad day with God is better than a great day just being out there on your own in the world. And that is so true. Even if you are feeling bad, share what you have with someone. Share it anyway. Share it even if you don't feel like it. I don't know how many times my mind has been preoccupied with something else I thought I was in a place to do. And all of a sudden, God will bring somebody up to me, and I know what he wants. Amen? So I have to set aside what my little important life. Amen? So important. But, you know, you set that aside so that you can be of use to God because they are drawn by the light. There's a reason that that person was drawn to you, and it's the light of God. Even if you have a little bit of doubt because the devil is always fighting your faith, be a light in the midst of darkness. Matthew 5, 14, 16 tells us we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So end-time warriors must submit to the Lord and to the fivefold ministry gifts. Ephesians 4, 11, 13 tells us that the ministry gifts are for the perfecting or maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry. So you can't do the work of the ministry without the fivefold ministering to you. Amen. You, you'll be out there telling people all kind of screwed up stuff and crazy things and, and in witchcraft. Most people who don't like authority, the Bible already uh, defines that as witchcraft. Amen. That's rebellion. So I don't, I don't hang around with rebellious people. I don't endorse them. I don't encourage them. I pray for them to get some sense about themselves and realize that they have really nothing to give anybody before it gets really exposed and they get in trouble. Amen. You get people messed up and entangled and then they're in trouble and then you want to leave town. 
So, so he says he gave himself first to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. For the equipping of the saints. So those gifts have the spiritual equipment necessary for you to employ that equipment to do the work of the ministry. So if you are, are in that realm, of understanding what God wants you to do. The work of the ministry is very, very important that you be trained and equipped to do what God wants you to do. You cannot go any farther without proper training and equipping. And that's why churches go dead. That's why churches go uh, over into the world because they have not submitted. They've gotten off into some kind of denominational collars and not collars and all this kind of stuff and and miss God because they haven't stuck with the word of God the leadership ministries of his people of of the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher are his gifts to the church I've never seen an end time warrior or someone who is called to do exploits for God be successful without submitting to the fivefold ministry gifts For example, an end-time warrior must submit to the authority of the prophet because they need the direction and vision the prophet provides for the body of Christ. They are equipped by God to give us direction and guidance. A lot of people say prophets are the eyes of the body of Christ. They are also the ears, amen. Uh, From the neck up, that's how prophets operate. All the senses. Fivefold ministry gifts teach us to use the word of God skillfully. Amen. And that is not shoot you or somebody else with your mouth. Amen. But to be skilled in the word of God. We're not talking about manipulating people or being tactful or whatever the nonsense we think. But to be bold and confident in God under the anointing. There is an anointing that is available to people of God to do the work of the ministry. So these anointings or these gifts will help you to gain uh, the understanding of how to walk in that anointing. The flesh, uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, I say then, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. You won't fulfill it. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Amen. So when you start warring, when your flesh wars against your spirit, you don't get anything done. That's what this says. Because strife never prospers. Somebody's got to let go of their rope and yield to the other one in order to get somewhere. So once you end strife within yourself and learn how to walk in the spirit, then you'll begin to gain. So the end time church is not going to have time for flesh. And that's what God is delivering his people from now. All fleshly lusts, all fleshly concerns, all of those things God is setting us free from. Second Timothy two four, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself. You can't get wound up in problems having to do your your family problems. You gotta learn how to take those to God and get his peace and let him resolve those things. You gotta have patience with 
uh, things. You can't just drop everything you're doing and run off and take care of this. That's immature. You know, people who understand God and understand his kingdom understand that their business is take their business is taken care of already by God. Amen. I remember when we first started in ministry and Pastor Shirley had her children at home and they were teenagers and teenage boys, you you gotta put a leash on them, you know. <laughs> put a tracker on them or a tracer and she was concerned about them and she said God told her that if he would take care of her business she if she would take care of his business he would take care of hers amen and so those amen so those covenant promises from God you don't forget amen you start that's your cornerstone for how you're going to feel secure in what you're doing and continue to work for God without having to be distracted all the time. You know, you'll learn how to let that go, pray and trust God, and ask God to encourage you and build you up where you need it, and just keep going for God. Amen. Uh, you, you know, keep them on the cell phone and keep them. Now they got stuff. Now you track your kids everywhere almost, but you know, still you need to pray. Don't ever rely on anything natural uh, to do the job that God wants to do for you supernaturally. I'm I'm always uh, uh, shocked when I hear people uh, who are are ministers have misgivings because they think they shortchange their family by, you know, going and doing what God wanted them to do. I don't think there's any such thing, you know. Uh, You know, people say things like, well, my kids, you know, they didn't do as well as they could because I was away so much and they didn't like me being away and, all of that, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if, if you weren't serving God, they'd probably complain about something anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kids going to complain about their parents. I don't know of any who don't. But don't ever regret having given your time to God. I'm really, seriously, don't let the devil steal that from you. Uh, because that's the best way you ever could have spent your time. It's better than being in a bar somewhere. It's better than trying to find a date because you still single. It's better than being distracted in a bunch of worldly stuff. Amen. So don't ever feel, you know, that you shortchanged them because you worked. You didn't do that much. You know what I'm saying? Because the devil's still here cutting up. So. Okay, should your prayer should be God, please send me to do more for you. Amen. And take care of them kids of mine. Amen. So end time warriors must submit to the Lord and to the fivefold. We said that. So we're the light of the world. This is what we, we must do. If we are, are war uh, soldiers, we cannot get entangled with this present world. So God is delivering us from the things that would entangle us to keep us from obeying his calling. He is delivering us from pettiness and from ourselves. He is delivering us from being involved in things that we shouldn't be involved in. God is teaching us by his spirit to live for him by faith and depend on him. When we allow God to be our only source, then we will be comfortable in what God is doing and not be concerned about what the world, other churches, or other people are doing. You're not keeping up with the Joneses here. You are the Joneses. Amen? So we will find our satisfaction knowing we belong to him. 
Song of Solomon 2.10, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. So God is beckoning to the hearts of those whom he has called to do an end time work. And he's calling us lovingly. He's calling us. He's not beat bashing us over the head and saying, you better do this or I'm going to get you or something like that. He is, is drawing us with songs of love and chords of love and reassuring us that he is our God and he will take care of us. So we are stepping out in faith, learning, listening, believing, and we are responding to God's commission. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Amen. So we may look like a ragtag bunch of misfits and 'er ne'er-do-wells and halfway this and a little bit of that, but God loves us and he has called us to do the work. It's not for somebody else. Amen. It's always, we should always stay, stay focused on it is us. Amen. We are bypassing the fear and the pride that sometimes ensnares us so that we do not move in the right direction. So God has put a discipline now on his bride to stay where he wants her to be. Brides, before they're really chosen, are proven to be faithful. Amen. Jesus will not connect himself with a bride that is not going to be faithful to him. In other words, he wants to ride and die church. Amen. That's what he wants. He doesn't want somebody who's just going to be around for the fun. He wants somebody who will give her life for him. Amen. Just like he gave his life for us. So the devil doesn't want us to show love and mercy on people who need mercy. But God's, that's one of God's calling cards is that he is merciful to everyone. Amen. Mercy always triumphs over judgment amen mercy triumphs over judgment and so god wants to be merciful above all things james 2 3 says for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy so mercy triumphs over judgment matthew 5 7 blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy So always be merciful to people. Be willing. That means be willing to forgive. Amen. Uh, Nothing more, nothing less. Don't try to figure out what mercy is because God will show you what it is. He's always willing to forgive. And he's willing to go on and treat that person as though no sin ever occurred. Nothing bad has ever happened. There's nothing standing between us and God. The devil wants us to step on people. But God wants us to extend the hand of mercy. Amen. God has an end time plan for us. And we know it is as easy as trusting God and submitting to his headship and authority. We must practice walking in the spirit, not obeying the lusts of the flesh. Amen. So, yeah. So God wants us. That's our first two chapters. God wants us. Amen. Amen. As end time warriors, we need a discipline in our lives. And I believe God is working that in our lives more than anything right now. Sometimes we can feel like what we're praying for is right at hand and then it seems to slip away. Well, that's not your fault. God is stretching you. 
So if you reached out to grab it and it kind of disappeared, he wants you to stretch further. See, You thought you couldn't do it, but he proves to us that we can. Amen. Every single time he proves to us that we can. And it's for our benefit and for his glory because he's going to have a people who will do 100% his will at all times. So we're going to take our quiz right now and do it very, very quickly.